Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. This is the conversation Rory and myself had a little while ago with uh, Spice Bag, Adam himself, the man who had caused consternation in the media when it, when it came to what it was, is politically motivated art that depicted uh, modern day Garda at a historic event of an eviction. Uh, give it a listen and we'd like to get your feedback. Now I've got to ask you for your support. If you're listening to us, if you get something out of it, please give something back. It's patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack. I won't lie. We need your support to keep the mics on and the conversations like the one you're about to listen to keep happening. It's not a one-way street. You get tons of additional content, including a brilliant conversation we had with the two young UCC students on how to tackle illegal Airbnbs and how you can do it. It's a great chat. There's also a conversation that we had with uh, INTO member Jana Lyons on what's been happening in the teaching profession. And there's a live podcast which was hosted by Sorsha McHugh and Rory Heron in relation to the Uplift campaign to reinstate the eviction ban. Well worth your time. All of those are available right now, entirely plea-free, alongside all of our podcasts in one consolidated feed so you never miss a thing on patreon.com forward slash Please, please, please. Throw us the price of a cup of coffee and a, and a scone once a month. It really helps. Thanks for listening. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Delighted to be joined on the podcast today by a self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed listener to the podcast. Quite shocking to hear. And it is none other than Spicebag, who has become an overnight um, famous person in Ireland due to get a waxworks uh, replica of himself put somewhere in the wax museum, if it still exists in Dublin. I think it's at the top of Parnell Square, somewhere like that. Adam, listen... Thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. No, delighted, delighted to have you on. Um, you obviously put together a painting which gathered significant attention. And maybe to go back, where did you first get the idea of it? Um, so I think I did the original... The original piece back in I think it was twenty twenty one or but it was it was a, it was a while ago, um, and I suppose like the, the the subject matter the issue it's kind of been floating around in my head for a while and I just decided to make it, um, when the idea came to me. But obviously the inspiration behind it was the Strokestown um slash North Frederick Street evictions, so they're both kind of. Blended into it because they were the, the at the time the two of them were the the two kind of most sort of egregious um, examples of an eviction gone um, mad I think um, or at least gone very out of control um, and yeah so I just I, I built it up then um, but they were the main inspiration behind it. And what was the message you were trying to convey with it? I suppose it's like simple enough message in terms of that it's it's drawing I guess a parallel between you know our sort of history with evictions um, the history of like 
land agitation and property rights and tenants rights and all that kind of stuff in you know from our history and then the kind of current um sort of onslaught of uh uh, property related and uh, messing from the government and the guardian evictions and stuff like that so yeah i just wanted to kind of like draw a parallel between the two because i guess that sort of period from the famine to you know the land league and all that kind of stuff that's kind of kind of proudly i guess taught in the country or you know it's it's proudly sort of looked back on us like you know something that we were past now we're not uh colonial nation anymore like we we've kind of you know fought off that kind of oppression and sort of stuff like that but then you know the same government that seems to happily you know sort of parade around with the with the sort of uh you know revolutionary period and like you know the the, the sort of that that kind of stuff they're they're participating in now in the exact same sort of activities that the sort of gone being sort of landlords were back in the day and um, i don't see a huge amount of difference and um, so i decided it was probably fitting enough to draw a parallel between the two so that was that was most of the inspiration behind it yeah and i think you know it's absolutely accurate in what it is doing and it is a really important piece um i think for irish society to have done you did a service to irish society in doing that um and i have been you know talking about this for a number of years probably since obviously you know in terms of the wider housing and homelessness issue but that concept an idea of the recolonization of this country facilitated by our very own government and i particularly drew the parallel and critique in the way in which they brought in the vulture funds um, and the investor funds and essentially as I argue in my books you know sold a generation um, into a form of serfdom new age serfdom to become renters to feed these uh, global parasites but they're also Irish parasites as well um, but it was only actually I think it was last year late last year when I was looking at the eviction figures that were coming through the residential tenancies board they give the figures each year or each quarter and I was going these are getting high and I was thinking about that in terms of the famine and the figures that came out last week showed 11,000 renters that's households potentially up to 30,000 people were issued an eviction notice last year like obviously with the eviction ban that carrying out of that eviction is delayed but it's now underway with the lifting of the ban. And I was doing, doing an article, uh, which hopefully the journal will publish, and I looked at the figures during the famine. And the figures between 1845 and, 19, and 1851 are um, 47,000 evictions of families. At, on an annual basis, that is in the region of um, 10,500. I had to get my exact figures, but anyway, I have it in the article. But we are now surpassing the number of evictions that we saw in the famine period. And I think that that is so powerfully captured by your picture. I just say fair play on it. Um, yeah, and the, like that was something when I was on the um, the Virgin News, their Virgin Media thing the other night. Um, 
We're in your man. Uh, Apologies. Sorry, my figures. I have them here. Oh, yeah. It's 48,000 over those six years of the famine, which is 8,000 a year on average. So we have surpassed. Some years during that period, it went as high, I think, as 16,000. And then it went down to three or 4,000 towards the end, the latter years. But on an average over those six years of the height of the famine, it was 8,000 a year. And we have surpassed that. Sorry, go on. No, yeah, no, it's just uh, when I was on the Oak, um, George Hook was another guest on the panel. And I, I can't remember a huge amount of what he said, but one of the things he did say was, um, uh, you know, it, it's, an, it's something to the effect of that it's an un, unfair comparison to, like, you know, a very tragic time in our history and stuff. Now, I didn't know what you just said there about the numbers. That's that's scary. But, um. Yeah, one thing I was thinking as well is like it's it's like the the level you know the attitude I I think is very similar, and like there's even like stuff like you know the the number of parents using food banks I think doubled last year and yeah. you know that that kind of thing so it's not it's not like a super fucking out there comparison to make you know what I mean like it's it's uh, I felt like it was fairly um now obviously we don't have a famine yet but um. There's a lot of the conditions, a lot of the attitudes, I think, as well, are the same, um, especially from people in power. Um, so, yeah, for sure. And, and I, but I think that's the point. The point is not saying we have a famine now. Well, of course the not. Point, <laughs> the point is, is drawing a historical comparison to emphasize and shine a spotlight. And I think actually make real what is going on. Because there's a dismissive, there's a, a, a dismissing by our government and lead, you know, whatever we want to call them, privileged groups in society, of the significance, implication, human misery of what is going on. And I think that's why, that by drawing that direct comparison, it shows actually we need to look at this seriously in terms of trauma and massive personal trauma that is going on right now for people being evicted. Yeah, like, and I feel like with the piece as well, it's, it's as I, as I said, like on the thing as well, like all of the guards that are in the piece, that's, they're not like, they haven't drawn them or anything. They are lifted from real evictions. Like, so, um, there's nothing, there's nothing like, <laughs> the only thing I've changed is is the backdrop of you know what where they are like and that's enough to cause you know people to fucking lose the head a little bit but I, I feel like that that sort of um, what would you call it like indignance or whatever um, the reaction to it um, kind of falls flat a little bit because it's very hard to argue with um, I think it's it's, it's quite a Unless you start kind of making up stuff, which I think people were kind of doing a little bit, like making up like other, spinning it in different ways. But oh, like, can I, sorry, Adam, I need to come in. People spinning. Artists to be interpreted, mate. You know, well, we're going to interpret art. We're going to look at it. We're going to say, we're going to take what we want from it. And it was an issue when you were saying it was, you were accused of a politically motivated piece of art. Now, uh, listeners might be aware, I met Adam previously. And I think one of the things, you, one of the first things you said to me was, uh, all art is political. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So maybe we should maybe we should talk a little bit about that because the political reaction to this was very much um, also class based. It was it was you know uh, the haves and the have nots, and not just not just a political choice. Um, 
Yeah, and, and I, I kind of more so meant, you know, directly what does like try, trying to trying to trying to to lessen the uh, the the eviction element element of it as if it wasn't about that, um, or as if it wasn't, you know, created for that. And trying to 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 say it was it was for some other reason, but um. And no, let's let's tell the truth. Some people said it was done to to be derogatory towards the guard the guard of themselves, and that what well from my point of view, and like you mentioned North Frederick Street, Rory, we sat in there episode fourteen and recorded a podcast. We know but, what but, happened, but I think there. I think I think the point is though that the guards, the issue of the guards, is a complete distraction. That's my. That's what I'm from that's the real that, that's that's meaning. Is, yeah. yeah, I think we're all of, trying and to, purpose. We all what we, was in that. We all want to lean it says. in, but it, but it's easier to talk, turn around and say, "Well, what you've done now is is actually what we're doing is now we're going to talk about the guards' presence in the picture when we're going well in the mechanics of an eviction, they fulfill a purpose. Does oh, whether yeah. whether you want to say they say they're there to as to protect the peace. But Rory, you would know that there's also a constitutional right to private property in the constitution that they, that they also have to uphold. So that so you know, both of those things can be going on, and and it depends, I suppose, on what side whether you're the whether you're the tenant or you're the landlord on which which uh, which way which argument you want that you want to to make um you you think should have the higher uh the more gravitas, I suppose. Adam, do you want to come in that? Um, sorry, I lost that slide. There. No, I, I think, I think that in some way, and I, and I, and I would have a question and a bit of a critique. <laughs> where we all critique our our pieces, and I'm obviously not an artist, so go tell me to f off. Um, the question of putting the guards in there, the thinking about it now, would you have done it differently if you thought no, about no, it? No, 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 no way, no. The, the guards have to be adding like if that was their own rationale even when they were asked about it was that like you know if there's a if there's a what was it, a threat to the breach of the peace or whatever they have to turn up and that could be that could be to a legal eviction and illegal eviction but they have to turn up and if they're called they have to show up um to a potential breach of the peace so like that means more or less that they they they're you know part and parcel of an eviction especially a a, a violent eviction and um, they're going to be there um and they're yeah no they're they're absolutely part of the um the process of an eviction whether they like it or not like you, you get upset about you know well saying like the guards aren't like you know they don't evict people or then the purpose of them isn't evicting people and you know that's that's obviously true as well but the, that is in this in the in the in, in circumstances like that that is what their their function is do you know what i mean they they assist um and you know they might not be necessarily going in and and, and breaking people up but they're certainly you know, not stopping in a lot of in a lot of cases when when private um, security or, or bailiffs or whatever those kind of people are are actually going in and injuring people. Like, so yeah, um, that's kind of uh, something for them to think about maybe or address. I, I think it absolutely is, and I think it is something that guards will have to reflect on, and the guard association will have to reflect on in the coming weeks and months. Are they going to stand over? and facilitate the eviction of families and individuals onto the streets out of their homes. And no different than any worker facilitating, you know, such a thing happening. Um, I think there has to, some people have to ask themselves and their conscience, is this the right thing to do? 
is this what we should be doing? Is this the right law we should be enforcing? And they will say, well, they are their job is to enforce the law. And that's the point. If the law is wrong, which it clearly, you know, is in favor of, as Tony said, you know, landlords, we don't have a right to housing, a right to home. Tenants don't have rights and all the laws are in favor of, you know, landlords and property owners. And that's the problem. And that we have a system and a government which has, you know, essentially put the guards in this situation. And, and this is the whole point. The guards, the discussion about the guards is a distraction from the actual thing that's going on and the loss of people's homes. Um, and they are merely carrying out. And in a way, they, you know, it's, they are carrying out the message, the law, the action, the decisions of governments. And it's governments that have to take responsibility and landlords for what is happening and what is going to happen. Um, and there's there, like, there's the aspect as well, like with the North Frederick Street eviction, where they're standing, you know, they're masked up and they're like standing there with their faces covered and stuff. But you could say that's for like, you know, whatever they didn't want to be identified or, or, the, or this kind of thing. But the optics of that are shit. Like, and they, you know, they, it, it, that's obviously what it's going to look like. And especially if you're the person getting turfed out of the house, seeing a load of guardy there with their faces covered is, uh, you know, and uh, not in any way they don't look like uh, they're keeping the peace at all they look extremely intimidating and the uh, you know sort of the um the 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 boot i guess of the state or the you know the and it's there to make sure that you get thrown out of your home and i feel like it's it's difficult to to not to look at it any other way especially when they turn up like that you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely and and of course the contrast again between you know in countries like belgium in germany in France, if you are a tenant and you're facing eviction and you've nowhere to go, you can't be evicted. And there's actually social services intervene and support people to stay in their home and find solutions. And yet here, you know, we just the complete absence of of tenant protections. And in a way that again, drawing the parallel back to the famine that, you know, tenants in fundamentally have as little protection as they did back then from eviction. And there's an element there, I guess, as well, of, of, of viewing the tenants or the people that are living there not as kind of like citizens, but they're, they're, they're sort of a, a revenue stream, I guess, for the landowner uh, yeah. until it becomes inconvenient. And then, you know, it's, you know, the property is more important. So you're in your ass, um, which is obviously uh, pretty messed up and something that really needs to change and listen um in terms of future pieces have you got anything else on the line anything else on the the go in this stream um well we have a mural going up against the uh the best advice of uh a lot of people and <laughs> um, uh, we have a we have a we have a mural on the doll is it uh yeah no it's actually it is actually on the side of the doll yeah we uh, we snuck over the wall um no it's uh it's uh it's up in arbor hill um uh we got it we got it put up there and uh, we got permission to use the well um i'm not sure how that holds up in the eyes of dcc but we did get permission from the hall on it um and yeah so that might ruffle a few feathers it, I, I'm, yeah um it's, it's nice to see it up there um, and that that wasn't that wasn't painted by me it's my piece but it was painted by a painter called Quillen, um, and she did a fantastic job at rendering it. Um, so that's up in Arbor Hill if anyone wants to go and look at it. Very good, very good. And you also, with the sales of the 
the piece of the art piece, you've raised money as well for homelessness, for a homeless charity, for homeless charities. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm still, I'm still on the fence. Um, well, I might not be it by the time this gets released, but I'm still on the fence as to which one I've got a lot of. So like when I initially started before, uh, it got shared or anything, I had it on my story. So I was like, you know, um, what are, what are a few ideas of good charities? And I got a lot of, I got a lot of suggestions. So I was just going to have that list there. So I'm kind of working through them. But like since it got shared and especially since the, um, the, the Virgin Media um, event, uh, uh, my phone, my PayPal, and well, it's just been got like ding, 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 ding. So I think we have like, where it's definitely north of twenty grand. Uh, oh, that's wow, twenty so, grand. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I ran, I ran two thousand and twenty miles in twenty twenty, <laughs> Rory, and I think we raised eleven grand for all that pain. Um, and you didn't even paint a picture of you. No, well, there, there's actually well, someone did. There's a there's a picture you can't see. Obviously, this can, is a podcast. Can you buy it? Can you order it online? No, you can't. And and That's you the problem. Who, who was, trick. It's actually a picture of me. Sta- someone drew a picture of me standing outside the grave diggers. Not exactly the most athletic world, <laughs> but nonetheless, that's what was drawn of me. But Adam, well done, man. Twenty grand. Um, no, yeah, I, I'm I'm delighted with it. Like, um, I didn't expect it to go anywhere near that life so that's incredible um and yeah no but yeah no it's it's fantastic and I'm, I'm kind of thinking i'm gonna look for a charity i've been recommended like a couple that don't receive state anyway money. anyway they're all they're all good and you'll decide the right one. Yes. yeah you know um that we leave that with you that's your your call on it can, can I ask one one question on in terms of the so now obviously the work's gotten all of a sudden you know, the 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 art has gotten a lot of attention, um, but but I'm assuming you just kind of that, that that's not going to change the fact that you want to put out other content and other and other pieces you want to piece so so, but but is do you feel that this that it's got to be still fired by the same kind of. Um, like you see the scenes today, and it was gas. There were people copycatting you already, Adam. I don't know if you spotted it, but we saw the scenes outside of a, a library in Swords today, where the guardie were 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 um seen to be to, you know to be denying entry to people to a library where it was where there was far right agitators. Effectively, what they're doing, Rory, I don't know if you're aware of this, they're going to libraries and they're taking out LGBT books and not returning them. So this is the way of oh, sort of sending that. So this is what they've been doing. And the Gardaí were at the door stopping people from stopping them taking them out, if if you know what I mean. And immediately someone did a full Adam on it, a full spice bag on it, and put the took that picture of the Gardaí and put them beside, you know, the horrible ideas of people confiscating books in the past in a black and white in a black and white image. And I thought, you've already created copycats, Adam. Um yeah, and I think it was uh, Blind Boy mentioned on his podcast because um, he did a little piece about it, and he 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 kind of said how it's the nature of it kind of incorporates sort of meme culture. It's it's it's, it's sort of a meme, and I'm I'm delighted with people taking it and putting their own spin. Like I've seen people, you know, on my Instagram or like uh, other places that you know, um, maybe wouldn't even know that I did it, um, or. And they and they're kind of adding their own thing like speech bubbles or you know uh, certain politicians and, and stuff to it and, and kind of having a bit of crack and, and, and sharing it around. I'm really happy with that. Um, in terms of <clears throat> in terms of my other work though, I don't know. Um, I have a few things. I have a, I've definitely got a few things in the works that are um, that are going to be uh, housing related. Um, kind of in a different way. I don't think uh, I don't think I, I, I want to get typecast into 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 that specific 
kind of medium of, of, of stuff, but there's definitely more stuff like that on the way um, or, or stuff in a similar vein or with a similar purpose. Do you think that, because um, it's something that I've been talking on the podcast before and we had asbestos on um, just recently enough and we're discussing this specifically and I've had musicians on and I feel that there's a sense of artists now engaging in housing, in the housing crisis and in a way that didn't exist four or five years ago. And in part, it's because the housing crisis has spread so far and so much. But there seems to be, and do you see that as well, that there is that real sense of almost responsibility being felt by artists that we need to express what is happening. I think I, I, in, in my age group, anyway, I think it permeates nearly everything. So it's not just, you know, artists. It's like, like, you know, everything like nearly you know it's hard to have a conversation with someone without you know it's not that sort of thing coming in leaking in in some way you know what i mean it's um it's definitely it's it's kind of all encompassing i think for a lot of people because a lot of people are just locked out you know what i mean and i think it's 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 sort of hard to create it's i'd say it's almost impossible to create socially engaged art without you know mentioning it because it's kind of the elephant in the room in terms of social issues so there's and there's a huge amount of like really good, um, like Meryl Streak is a great example. Um, I don't know if you've, you've listened to his music, um, but he. Put... I'm listening to uh, uh, you don't want to know Paw Patrol, Bluey, those sort of things, kids music because all very good. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> They're not real bands, just to let you know. They're <laughs> kids cartoons. <laughs> they haven't. Uh, they haven't got into. Uh... Has so no Paw Patrol. My Spotify playlist. I, I did see someone is... say Paul, Paul, that, that, that there will be a, a statement from AGSI saying that they're unhappy with Paw Patrol's depiction of the Garda. <laughs> <laughs> I did see um, No, I, I, I do think you're on you're onto something about the, the, the motivation, but I think, Adam, you're right about summing it up in terms of how people are. Your generation very much are the generation there. But can no. I say something, Tony? Go. What Adam did with that piece showed the power of art to connect with people in a way words, stats, analysis, protest can't. And that is the power of art. And I think that terrifies the establishment and those in power. And because when art connects with culture, connects with all those people who don't normally connect with it, it unleashes something, you know, powerful. And I think that's, that's the power of political art. Um, and there's an aspect with with that piece in particular, like uh, the shareability of it, because it kind of just, it, it makes a very short, like kind of um, abrupt point that's very hard to miss. And people, you know, people can just, you know, agree with it and then they can share it if they, you know, if they do. And that, it, it's gone, like, it's, that's why it's everywhere, do you know what I mean? Because it, it's a way of like agreeing with the idea behind it, I feel. Um, it's just, you know, people are slapping it up on their own page or they're retweeting it or they're buying the print or this kind of thing. Um, and that's just a way of like, you know, so, sort of nodding in agreement with it because um, it is just a very simple, like, you're both, thing. Like, you're both right that there's, you know, it, it connected with so many people, but it also showed, and here I am being negative Nelly again, Rory, it also showed the divisiveness of the topic because there is a cohort of people who immediately 
had a, a visceral reaction and they may say it was to do with the with the idea that the guard were in it they may say it was to do with the fact that it was a Sinn Féin TD who who retweeted it they may say you know all of these things but a lot of it comes down to property owners versus people who are tenants and 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 a lot of it boils down to that simple fact and I don't mean that to be I don't want to rain on a parade because we're sitting here and we believe I'm Adam. I'm a mortgage mate, and um, and I know I'm out the gap with a mortgage. Having a mortgage, I'm privileged, but I also care about you know I've I've two children. I want to actually have social mobility as they as they grow up. But it terrifies not me. to have to leave the country in six years' time when it, they go. Exactly, is there for us? Exactly, you know Rory. But, but I have Rory. my own housing crisis within my house. I have four kids. I'm like, where the fuck are they going to live? But the statistics show that 57 percent of people, according to the Ireland Thinks poll, fifty seven percent of people who have mortgages were in favour of the lifting the eviction ban. Yeah. So, so, so we are the majority in terms of many ways, but there's a sizable, sizable minority who think what Adam did was actually you know, made me uncomfortable because it makes me look at my own kind of, you know, and I'm happy when property prices keep going up. It makes me feel better, even if I'm not a landlord. I, I think that that group is so small now, Tony. I, I hope so. I think I hope so. But unfortunately, they're still in power and they're still in positions of power. Yeah. And it's like that cultural revolution that needs to happen, you know, that place with which the dominant ideas in society, the dominant cultural views are outside the establishment. The, the majority has changed in this country. People want housing as a human right. People want people to have decent homes. They don't believe that housing should be treated as a commodity. But the system in power ha is not willing to accept that. And they so we're in this point of conflict and it's going to grow until the system accepts that people want a different way of doing things. Well, you, you, they used to say there's an old saying in media that if um, you know something is in is on Joe Duffy, a minister might have to resign. If, if you, but if it goes a week, you could bring down the government, right? Adam, I think you're moving into a week now of conversations. Just <laughs> so, so if, if it all kicks off, we can we can trace it back to you. Well, you've done the state some service, my friend. Yeah. Listen, Adam. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. It was great to have you on. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Thanks for having me, lads. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Listen, um, spice bag there. You can check out if people do want to order the print. Adam, where do they go? Um, so it's spicebag.exe on Instagram, and inside my bio there's a link to my shop, and you can buy it there. And they're twelve quid. They're reasonably priced, and uh, they might not get shipped for a while because there's going to be some amount of stamps and envelopes gone into that, but they will all get out to people eventually. And will you stamp an envelope them all yourself? You will. Uh, there might be a few um, stamping and enveloping internships opening up uh, around me. <laughs> <Charlie. laughs> all, all living wage, of course. This is it. That's it. Listen, Adam, thanks so much. All right. Listeners, thank yeah, cheers. Thank you so much, listeners. As always, please share them around. Share this podcast around if you can. We're getting great feedback from people, getting a lot out of them. Um, and... Uh, I just can want I, to can say... Can I just say... Yes, sorry, just want to say that's exactly what I wanted yeah. to say. Yeah. Enya uh, Kennedy, who spoke about her experience of homelessness on the last podcast we did with Peter McFerry, is well worth listening back to. I would encourage everybody to listen back. Um, you probably have already, but if you haven't, listen back. Um, it's a short enough clip, um, and she just talks about the experience of her and her son living in emergency accommodation, and it is just so real um, and shows that emergency, the damage of it. Um, but she got messages from people. She actually says in it that um, 
she said she felt so lonely and she said the one thing she would ask is that anybody who knows anybody who's in a situation of homelessness, friends, family, whatever, just reach out to them. And she said that people contact her afterwards and, and were so proud of her doing it. Friends. There was a, there was a general sense that people realised the, the, the pain and trauma and, and, and just... But a lot of love, Rory. A lot yeah, of love, no. and and I have to say, like Enya spoke, I was I was on the call and I was there on the Zoom, and I, you know, as the eye in the sky, and I was aware of some of the story. I was aware, as you know, I was aware in advance, and yet when she told it, yeah, I'm glad my camera was off. That's all I'll say. Oh you know? yeah, no, it was heart heartbreaking, but just so so raw, so real, and so important. Um, yeah. So listen, thanks listeners. And as always, if you can, give us a dig out. Um, We are an independent podcast, still limping along, heading towards half a million downloads. <laughs> you, you you actually have over half a million downloads. It's just that because when we did season one to season two, it did, but you have, but on, on the on the official, and by the way, just to give Rory a bit of an up, we, our download figures are different. We, because we're independent, we use what's called a meaningful listen. So that's not just anybody, you know, someone who downloaded a podcast, Rory. That means they have to listen to nearly 75% of an episode. So that's pretty powerful to think that that you've you've got half a million people have listened to seventy five percent of the episodes or say of, of an individual episode or it doesn't count. That's, that's yeah, that's yeah. mad, Ted. There you go. This all right. We better wrap. Listen, thanks, Adam, Tony. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you all very soon. 